Hey love, Ashley Han here, online branding and marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author, and coach, and welcome to a brand new special exclusive series of my show called Female on Fire, where I am taking you behind the scenes with incredible, powerful, successful, sexy, radiant females on fire. From spine-tingling pain-to-power stories, real and raw girl talk, to actionable tools and frameworks that you can use use and apply in your own life, it is my intention that as you listen to each of these episodes, you will feel a spark light up inside of you and walk away feeling on fire and radiate that beautiful, unique, powerful flame out into the world. Let's dive in. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Yes, in today's episode, we are talking all about sex with the amazing sexpert herself, Alexa Martinez. And listen, if you're feeling uncomfortable, even in the slightest, about today's topic, good, 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 because you know that growth happens in chosen discomfort. So if you start to feel a little uncomfortable, which you may, because yes, we're raw and we talk about it all, no filter, you know how we roll, then push through it, lean in, see what's there for you. Get curious. There is so much here. I will say that this episode is one of the most value-packed episodes I have had to date. Alexa gives so many tangible, actionable tools, and she gives you resources that you can use, things you can implement right away. There is so much here. Highly, highly recommend that you have a pen and paper handy. You're definitely going to want to check the show notes because we put a lot of resources in there for you as well. And just get ready for a seriously epic episode with a much needed conversation and dialogue around something that has really been shoved into the darkness, that is a taboo topic that people don't talk about, that's been shamed, shunned, made wrong, when really it's this natural, beautiful part of who we are. It's not even a topic, it's a dimension of who we are as human beings beings. So let's reconnect with that innate part of us and see what is available to us when we do. There is so much to talk about here. And man, oh man, I could have went on forever with Alexa. This episode does go a little long. It's because there's so much that I wanted to cover with her. I had questions that I had prepared. And also I had questions sent in from you guys that I also wanted to ask for you so that you get your questions answered around sex. I truly believe it is just so important for us to take this taboo thing and normalize it, to take sex out of the darkness where it's been put and locked away and bring it into the light. So let's talk a little bit about Alexa and her powerful mission. So Alexa grew up in the deep south of Louisiana in a very Catholic environment and upbringing. So if anyone listening right now has a religious background, you know that there are lots of belief systems and right and wrongs around sex, love, relationships that it could really only look one way way. You know the deal. So needless to say, that one way didn't happen for her. She definitely forged her own path. And now she is on a powerful mission where she's really transformed what was a pain point for her, an area of her life that was messy. She really transformed her pain into her now purpose and her mess into her mission. She is showing women everywhere what is possible in their life to have the love, sex, relationships that don't just work.
work, but that light you the F up. So she is here to share so much wisdom, knowledge, and tools with you to create a safe space for you to explore a more fulfilled, fun, passionate, sexual, sensual, playful life, and really deepen the connection that you have with yourself and your partner through sex and pleasure. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode Let's talk about sex. All right, Alexa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for the conversation that we are about to have, the girl talk we're about to have together. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and being part of this Female on Fire series. Oh my goodness. I have no idea what we're going to get into or what we're going to talk about, but I have a feeling it's going to get hot at some points, juicy at others, and I'm here for it. Hundred percent. Yes, I love it. Okay, well, I have a, a question just to kick off and also, you know, get the listeners to know you a little bit more. How did you draw like how did you get into this work that you do in this field? <laughs> um, it's a pretty colorful story. And it's one of those things that like it totally happened to me, for me, through me. Um, I am from deep south Louisiana. I grew up in a very Catholic environment and I'm pretty sure that my mom would rather me do absolutely anything other than what I do. Um, I mean, at least years ago, she felt that way. Now it's turned into much more than she ever anticipated it to turn into. And so she's kind of like, all right, I I see you. I'm with this. I'll do my best to understand you. Um, But I, I was not... It wasn't like I graduated high school. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to make a career as a sex coach. You know, I'm going to be a sex influencer. Um, I graduated from University of Southern Mississippi, went through school thinking that I was going to do something medically oriented. And when I graduated, I was very lost. I was applying to graduate schools. Um, I didn't know. I School was hard for me. And I didn't understand what entrepreneurship could look like or what would it look like if I created something for myself. I only understood go to school, do A leads to B leads to C, do the job, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I went on a cruise vacation as the celebration for my undergrad. My mom took my sister and I, my sister's 13 years older than me. So we have a big gap in age. We all, it was just the three of us for the first time in our lives. And I met a guy. I fell in love. And two months after that cruise vacation, I joined him as a crew member. So I met a crew member on ships. We forged a a connection. And I, two months after, decided to abandon, it's funny, abandon ship, um, abandon the direction that I was going in and join cruise ships and start traveling the world. And so for six years, almost six years, four of those years, I was in that relationship. Another two, I stayed on luxury cruise lines and traveled the world. So um, on ships, I was brought to 79 different countries. Um, I just continuously traveled for a big chunk of my formidable 20, you know, my formidable 20s, Mm. and learned a lot about life outside of my small town. Mm. And I got into this relationship that I was so enamored by this person. He was from South Africa. He had this beautiful accent. He was just a really beautiful person, like the way it's aesthetically pleasing and all of this. And 
I was, I think maybe 22, 23 when I originally joined ship. So I was like a baby and, um, I was just totally enamored by this person and this relationship moved very fast. And we spent a lot of time with each other, um, very quickly. And I would say a couple of years into our relationship, we were a sexless relationship. So we were having sex less than once a month. I was very challenged by my hometown beliefs. I was very challenged by the beliefs that he had and what he grew up with. And, um, we, I wound up learning all of the things that I knew I didn't want in a relationship in that relationship. And I became fascinated, um, with how that went sideways. And so that was like marker one or two, I would say in life that I'm really interested in how relationships don't play out. Mm -hmm. And, and from there, I would say, if I want to fast forward the story, found my way into personal development after hitting a couple of different versions of rock bottom, started working on mindset, fitness, nutrition, overall health, and eventually wanted to date again and was totally beside myself. Like I made all this massive growth in all these other areas in my life. But as soon as I started dabbling in dating, I felt like I was 14 again. I felt like I couldn't move through what was holding me back. And then you mix sex into it. And it was just like, what is this shit show? And I like, didn't recognize myself. I didn't know how to stick up for myself, hold boundaries. I didn't know what I actually wanted. I was very used to merging with another person and making my life transform to fit their life. And all of a sudden their friends were my friends and was very challenged by that. Um, it was only once I started looking at sex specifically from the lens of how do I look at, like I look at other personal development, how do I look at this specifically as a means for growth? Mm -hmm. And, um, I started dabbling in non unconventional relationships, consensual non-monogamy, um, became obsessed with how people love differently, became obsessed with different types of sexual expression. Um, I entered a relationship with a Dom. So I had my first experiences with BDSM, Dom sub. I didn't have that language at the time. I have that language now. And so started to understand that there are so many things that I don't know that my body can do. So many layers. Mm -hmm. So many layers. Mm -hmm. And then from those experiences, I took it and ran. I started writing publicly about my, what I was going through that turned into a community then that turned into me coaching that turned into a blog that turned into so much more that I did not see coming. And so now it's like a podcast and it's so so much. So, wow. Well, first first off, Alexa, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge (laughs) you. The work that you do is so needed. You already know that. I just want to reinforce that and just say it's so, so needed. So thank you for doing this work. And I know it can be, well, I'm sure where you're at now, maybe when you started out, it was a lot more uncomfortable, but mainly for the clients themselves that you work with, I'm sure like it's, it's such this like taboo, you know, secret shamed part of us that really is this beautiful dimension, huge dimension of, of who we are and how we express ourselves. So speaking of which I would love to hear for you, cause something I've heard you say is that sex isn't just penis inserts into vagina. It's so yeah. much more. Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. This whole insert part A into slot B and that's all that it is. <laughs> yeah. Transaction. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I always understood that sex was something that came with relationship. I always understood that my body was my value. And if my body wasn't being used by the person that I was in a relationship with, and I use those terms, wasn't being used for his pleasure. And also understanding that sex ends when a penis ejaculates, you know, mm -hmm. it was all very him focused. And mm -hmm. if I'm not being, if my body is my worth and I'm not being utilized to its fullest capacity, that which had nothing to do about me or my pleasure, then I must be failing as a woman. I must be failing as a partner. It was bad enough in, at times in my life that I was having sex before I was married. And then to go through the the shame and the guilt and all of that, like it's a, you know, that Catholic guilt is a, is, is a thing. And th there are times even now, five, six years into this as my career or into my focus and my passion that I'm, I'm still kind of like, Oh shit, there's some stickiness still there. Um, from what I either should or shouldn't be doing in my own personal sex life. And so um, I realized that through telling my story and being very public and very open about the trials and tribulations and that stickiness, um, people hear it and they go, wow, I'm a big part of who I am, like a big part of me really resonates with that. Or that sounds just like my story. And through that vulnerability, um, creates intimacy. I think people feel really close to me very quickly. And so when they feel close and they feel seen, I can say, okay, let's look at this. The role that sex is playing in your life, is it serving you? The way that you look at it as a, as a tool to forge connection, as a thing to hold from your partner so that you can get what you want, uh, a tool that you only understand as this is the way that I connect with my partner outside of having hard conversations or outside of forging intimacy in a different way. People, people already use sex for various things, mm -hmm. um, but it can be way more colorful, mm. you know? Yeah. So my partner and I now, um, and he grew up in a very interesting way too. His grandparents are ex-pastors of a charismatic Christian church. So we're like, we, mm -hmm. we have lots of stories and, um, you know, for both of us to look at it and go, okay, so we look at sex in what ways to bring us together, to diffuse stress, to forge intimacy, to explore aspects of our personality and our identity that we've we just don't know we're under there. And sex is yep. really the only gateway. We also use it as a part of our spiritual practice. So we have tantric practices. We also do DS practices. We bring it into our breath work and our meditation. We journal the general concept of manifestation and the potent creative energy that, that you create things in life. You can harness some of that creative sexual energy and maybe bring that into how you call things into your life. So I spend a lot of time helping people expand their sexual vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, that's how I, I know I mentioned in the intro guys, but I, when I heard Alexa, you talking in that clubhouse room, you said something so beautiful about manifestation. You, you I'm obviously going to butcher this, but it was something like, like we actually birth as women, like we give birth. Like, can you imagine when we tap into that, like our actual, I mean, I'm just going to let you say it because I loved what you said. And I remember Chris Lee was on there. I love Chris Lee. I'm actually going to see him in a couple of weeks. Um, he was like, uh, I'm enrolled. Yes. More of that, please. You know, so could you share what you said about manifestation and how that relates to sex, uh, to sexuality? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought you were doing a great job. Explain. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were doing a great job. You know, well, just this, um, idea 
that, and some people might be familiar with sex magic. So I'll just kind of start with baby steps of like what's really at play and how you can start to create some kind of container like this. And I don't know, I imagine that your listeners are going to be at different places where I'm going to say the word manifestation. And they're going to be like, yeah, I know manifestation. Some people be like, man, oh, what? Um, and with your orgasm, what? So I'm going to give like a three-step process here. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of just tiered approach. Um, basically creating rituals. So creating intention. A lot of people come to me and they say that they want more out of their sex life, but they don't know what the more is. And they certainly don't know how to get it. A lot of times people say, oh, I think I want to start studying Tantra. I go, do you want to study Tantra, which is a way of living? Or do you want just more presence and more intention in your sex experiences? Because Tantra is way beyond just the act of sex. Yeah. And a lot of times what I hear is they don't want to go study in another country and do this whole Tantra and learn from the Tantric masters over many years. What they really want is some tools and some guidance to go deeper in their sex, for their sex to be more than just surface level. And to essentially, when you bring presence like a lot of presence into a sex experience, whether it's tantric or, or not, or you're doing sex magic or not, um, it's less boring. So we yeah. think long-term relationships that wind up having a lot of the same kind of sex over and over again. Libido oftentimes is the question, do I just not want sex? And then my question is, do you just not want sex or are you bored? If, you're, if your sex partner, the option changes, does all of a sudden, do you also all of a sudden get wet? You know, it's it, that, that kind of question. So bringing it back to presence, how you can like start with, um, let's say an orgasmic manifestation practice, which you can do this solo, or you can do this with a partner would be to start creating little rituals where like you go, let's say for an example, you go into the room and you light a candle and that's like step one. So present with the lighter present with the candle, pleasant, present with the flame and starting to bring a lot of presence and awareness to, to your surroundings and then eventually bringing it into your body. So let's just say that you do orga orgasmic mana, like a meditation on your own. And you really have this, say this thing in your life that you want to call in, whether it's love, whether it's money, abundance, wealth, any of the things that you could really desire that are true for you and an alignment with your purpose and what you want. Let's say you light your candle and you journal about this thing that you really want in your life, that you're calling into your life. And then put your journal down, you take some deep breaths and then give touch all over your body to yourself, sensation. Your whole body is an erogenous zone. There's billions, there might be trillions of nerve endings all mm -hmm. over your body. Yep. And you just touch it all. You bring all this presence in there and you start to get your, you start to get turned on by the thing that you wrote about. You start to get turned on by your ability to give yourself pleasure and slowly but surely bring that uh, turn on, be very present and aware with the turn on, breathe it throughout your body, build up several times to orgasm. Let's say the edge of orgasm, stay in that state as long as you can. And instead of thinking about like a porn clip or somebody that you've had sex with however long ago, or your current partner or whatever, you sit with the thing that you wrote about, but it's already manifested. So the house. Mm -hmm. so you're like, oh my God, that house. I know it's everything that I want. You're in the house. You're even master, you're even self-pleasuring in that house in your fantasy, even though you're in the house that you're in. And whatever, whatever else is around you, you can smell it, you can feel it, you can taste it, you can touch it. It's all around you. And you build your orgasm up to that. And you've taken literally the energy 
that creates another human, that creates life, that creates so much in the universe. You've literally infused that energy with your desire. Now, does it work? I don't know. I look around at my life and I go, I had orgasms to all the things that are around me. So maybe, but I tell you what, life is way more colorful and way more fun if I believe that this works. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Such gold. I literally had goose, but I had truth bumps, truth bumps. And I totally had chills. So wow. Okay. Okay. I love all of this. So I have questions, of course, popping up in my head. I had several. The one that I want to go to first is I've had, you know, women in my group. I have a circle of women that I coach. I have, you know, female, most of my followers are female and they've, they've said like how, like, I feel so awkward when it comes to self-pleasure. You know, mm -hmm. I feel so awkward when it comes to masturbation right? How does one who feels that way get started, like start to tap in and start to feel like into that? Can you speak on that? I'm sure you coach women through this all the time. Sure. Yeah. So many ways. And that could be as simple as uh, cultivating that presence, like I mentioned, with little things that are not sexual and appreciating and admiring, whether that's the food that you're eating, the drink that you're drinking, uh, the senses around you. So when something looks really beautiful and admiring it um, and being present with how that feels in your body. And I know that that might sound kind of out there and it's definitely a practice. You know, um, I think a lot of times women have a hard time getting out of their head. They can't stop thinking the about all mind. of the things. Mm -hmm. They can't stop thinking about the to-do list and where the kids need to go and that thing that my husband said a week ago or whatever. It's just like all of this mental noise. And so it's hard for them to get inside of their body to be, to be present with the sensations that are happening in their body, whether that's a, a discomfort or I'm cold or I am bloated or, you know, they might feel some of the, the challenging things, but it's hard for them to feel the pleasurable, you know? So taking moments with little things, especially sensory related things. Um, and then not putting the pressure. I oftentimes will help my clients put the thing that they want, let's say a really beautiful, delicious, multi-orgasmic self-pleasure practice mm -hmm. is a 10. Mm -hmm. What would be a two? So where you're at now is one. What would be one step in that direction? Love that. So it's not like, I'm going to tell someone who's just getting started, like, turn all the, you know, do these things to the lights and do these things to the room and like lay yourself down and do all that. You know, it's like, you might get three and a half minutes in and be like, this is not for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I can't do this. So how can you give yourself those wins? And so it might be, so as an example, I've started making self-pleasure guided meditations where oh, I'll I tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. I'll make it easy for you. You put your own music on. I have some that are to music. And these are like free resources on my site too. So if anybody listens- I want to link those in the show notes, team yeah, listening, sure. put those in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, how would I just yeah. take the, I help you empty your mind and I tell you what to do. So like for the next however many seconds, your only job is to touch yourself, touch your body, not even your genitals, but your body. And this is what it feel like, feels like to give loving touch and presence to you is- in a sense, the epitome of self-love and, and presence and pleasure. And so then that can build. And in and, and one of my meditations, it doesn't even go to orgasm. It's like, I leave it at the end and it's like, and now if you want to bring yourself there, bring yourself there. Or if this is enough for now, 
celebrate the fact that you've gotten to this point. Because yes. some people just have a hard, like I say vibrator and they're like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, or they're like, yeah. I have some and they've been in the closet for six years. That, that's, that's what I was actually, my, I have questions. So I was going to ask you if, you know, your thoughts on toys, well, A, I know you're a fan, but, but B, like your thoughts on, you know, <laughs> getting started. And also, um, cause the way that I think about it, I, I do a lot of like, I make a lot of gym analogies, right? Like I talk about, you know, this is actually another example, like sexuality, if it's something that is really uncomfortable for you, it's just simply an unused muscle right? That's how mm -hmm. I think of it. It's not that you don't, you're not capable. It's not that that's not in your arsenal. It's literally that you just have an unused muscle. And in that sort of same analogy, if you can imagine like sex toys as the equipment, right? Like imagine like women, you know, so many of us will go into, and I actually, fun fact, used to uh, coach on fitness, like way back in the day. And a lot of women would be scared to go into the gym because they see all this equipment. And they're like, I don't know how to freaking use that. You know, I don't know how to use that. Right. And so then we just kind of avoid it. And we're just kind of like, all right, well I'm out. Cause I don't want to make a fool out of myself in here. Right. And, and so that kind of initial, cause I have a feeling you're going to say that toys is a great way to like, to really go deeper, but I would love to hear kind of your thoughts on those women who are like, uh, where do I start with that? And like, I feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the tech is really advanced now and it used to be like a couple of options for a vibrator. And now there's these suction ones and these internal ones and these Bluetooth ones. And, you know, there's all kinds of different materials that toys are made of too. It can be this, you know, body safe, really soft kind of feeling silicone, or it can be glass. It can be made of stone or a crystal. So it really just can be made of metal. It really just depends on what kind of experience you want to have. And it can be overwhelming because that brings me back to like people oftentimes come to me and they say, I, I want more. I don't know what the more is and I don't know where to go. I don't know how to yeah. start. It's and really so, that lack of clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so <clears throat> when people say, okay, I'm thinking about getting a new toy, you know, cool. What kind of experience do you want to have? And they're like, I don't know. Like then it, it's hard for me to help guide if you don't know what kind of experience you want to have. And so questions like, is this for just you solo play? Is this something that you can also play with, with a partner? What's your experience so far with toys? What's your experience so far with lube? Because most toys are best used with lube because of the type of friction. So like vibrators, they can essentially create so much friction that the areas that they're um, vibrating on can um, start to kind of itch or burn or kind of, it almost feels like it's a desensitization in that area because of the friction. But if you put lube there, then it helps put a little bit of a barrier, hmm. and, but not all toys play with all types of lubes appropriately. So I ask lots of questions like, what kind of experience do you want to have? And outside of the toy, how do you want to feel? Okay, yeah. now based off of how you want to feel and the kind of experience you want to have and whoever's playing with you or if you're playing on your own, now let's take a look at some of the toys. And it kind of takes that pressure off because it's more about getting in my body. It's more about getting into the fantasy and getting into like the experience that I want to have and the feeling that I want to have. So um, general vibrators, I love the suction vibrators you know, the air pulsing ones. So there's, okay. no, it's just a different kind of friction. So instead of like a material being on your skin, mm -hmm. it's air pulsing. And that air mm -hmm. pulsation is very localized and really good. Just mm -hmm. from my, from my 
uh, vulva's perspective. <laughs> I love it. No, thank you for sharing that. Cause I was actually yeah. going to ask you that. So thank you. I was gonna ask what's your favorite toys right now. <laughs> yeah. I love the suction ones. You can't go wrong. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're great for solo play. It, some of them have like a big kind of hand, like part where you grip it. And so it's not really great for partnered play because if your partner is also wanting to enter you, so speaking from like a female perspective, wanting to enter you, it, it kind of gets in the way, but they're great for partnered play. Mm. So, and it's also something that doesn't go in internal. So then I ask questions like, do you want something that's going to be inserted? Do you want something that could be inserted in multiple locations? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's more start from how much fun. And I'll also say these are toys, right? So we're adults and these are our versions of play things. Yeah. So take, take the pressure off of, I need to know how to use this and I, it needs to be sexy and make it like, this is a thing to tinker around with. Yeah. Before it's play ever with. sexy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay. So I have a question. You mentioned this really uh, briefly earlier. We kind of, you kind of like glossed over, but what are your thoughts on porn? It's a really big question. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've been dying to know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my personal relationship with porn is great. I use porn as a means for, uh, it's only going to enhance my, the foundation of my sexuality and the foundation within my partnership. Mm-hmm. So my personal take on porn is I'm going to pay for it because the things that I pay for, I value. And, um, I'm going to make sure that I'm paying the actors and actresses that are participating in it because they are providing a service and they are providing entertainment. And so I want to show that I value that. Um, and I'm also going to look at the sourcing, just like not all sex toys are created equal. So you look at sex toys and they're not FDA regulated. So you want to look for things that say body safe, that say that they are, um, certain chemicals free in their product description. So, because it's not regulated and not all toys are created equal. Some of them can leach chemicals. Some of them, when you mix with lube, their, their literal composition starts to break down. And so you don't want that inside of your body. So we think about sourcing. So where is the porn coming from? Is the porn coming from a place where they value all types of beings and sexual expressions and they treat their actors and actresses with, um, with respect and they're paid fair wages and all of that. And so I feel like what porn used to represent to me versus what it represents to me now are, are very different things. Um, and so I believe when you bring that much presence and intention into a, cho- a porn choice, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and you bring that presence and intention also into how you utilize it, then it's good if you love it. And it's, and, and you feel good about the exchange. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. If you use it in a way of what is the quickest way that I can find the free thing? I'm not paying attention to the age of the people who are participating, where this comes from, how it was acquired. And I'm fast forwarding to the part where, you know, there's the cum shot and I'm getting off really fast and I'm hiding in a bathroom and I'm not telling my partner and I'm all of these things that can be harmful. Yeah. So my perspective is very, it's an individual connection and it's, we've been watching people have sex ever since ever. Like it's, it's very exciting and stimulating to watch people mm-hmm. have, have sex. And mm-hmm. so porn's not going to go away. And so I've learned 
you know, don't fight it, try to educate and have people build a better relationship with it or a different relationship with it. And I know for sure that I've helped my partner with that too. Mm -hmm. When we first got together, he, he went from watching porn a lot and masturbating a lot and having a certain kind of relationship to, and this was several years before we got together to having a hard no and just saying no more porn, no more masturbation. And we got together and I was like, wait, hang on, let's talk about your relationship with it. And so now he has forged a much different relationship, very similar to mine. And he just doesn't use it that much. And when we do, we usually play. I'll send him maybe two or three previews for ones that I'm interested in. And then he gets to purchase and choose the one he likes out of my three options. And then Mm. we get to make an experience with that. Mm. It's very connective for us. It's Mm. not that way for a lot of other people. Yeah, that's really beautiful. So I can really relate to, well, I don't know if it's the same as your husband, but relate to that in some sort of way. I used to be addicted to porn. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've shared this in like one, I think one or two podcasts before. But I used to be, you know, really addicted to porn for a while. And I would have that. That's why when you said it's important that you feel good um, and not just in the sense of like that you orgasm, like not that, but I mean, you actually after and before and during all those all those stages that you're feeling good. Because I remember beforehand, I would be like, you know, like you said, trying to find a secret hiding spot and, you know, it was very secretive. And, and then after I was done, I remember just wanting to like spit, like spit out. Cause I felt like so dirty and like shameful. Yeah. Right. So my relationship with it was not healthy. And then I did actually what your husband did. Then I went cold Turkey. I'm like, no more, like, absolutely not. This is like, da da da. And then it just went cold. Right. So I think that that's a really, really important uh, distinction is, is it really feeling good? Is it feeling aligned? Are you feeling like you can share it with your partner and not hide it from them? Right. And then also being super mindful of the source. I really love that too. And you tied in presence, which is watching it from the very beginning and really like allowing yourself to be present with the whole, you know, whatever the storyline is and like really allowing yourself to, 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 um, like have patience and presence. So I love all of that. Thank you so much. That's, that was like super helpful. And I, I, I hope that the listeners really got that. And also there's just, there's just such a stigma around porn. And I love that we're able to talk about it and kind of like shine light on the shadow. So as with everything, there's shadow and light to everything. So just shining light on that shadow side and like saying, okay, here's how we can bring it into the light. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, and so, okay, the, the question that I'm, I've been dying to, which I'm, I'm like, my, my, also my audience has asked. So this has been a question when I pulled my audience, probably the most popular question that came through was how to keep things spicy in relationship. Like, what do you do when, you know, someone in the relationship or maybe both partners lose their sex drive? I know you kind of mentioned that before in the beginning and how to keep it sexy and interesting. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that is also a big question. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I get it. I get it frequently because usually, you know, somebody will find their way to me. They'll wind up in my Instagram DMs and they'll, you know, my partner is this and I'm here and what can I do? You know, I have libido uh, or I have a drive and I want it and my partner is just not interested in it. And what do I do? Or the other way around. 
And I did touch on that uh, earlier, but just the, the whole boredom conversation of like, we just want spice, which means we want excitement, which was, which means we want adventure and risk and maybe spontaneity and all of this stuff. So long-term relationship, long-term partnership at the beginning of the relationship, there's that NRE new relationship energy. You don't know what that person's going to turn into in your life. They may only be this really hot thing for now. And so you're looking at that person. They are in a sense, inherently risky. There's not this like uh, deep commitment yet. There's not monotony. There's not routine. There's not children. There's not marriage. There's just this sparkly new human that's coming into your life that their pheromones are really working with where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a lot of times explosive or sparkly or really hot. And there is a period of time where the new relationship energy wears off. They're usually also the shiniest human you've in your life. So you're obsessed with them and you think about them all the time. And that limerence that all, all factors into that time being really potent. They're the only person you see and they're so hot and all the things. And then eventually routine comes in because humans are also seeking that we're seeking adventure and risk and desire and passion and spontaneity, all of that. But we're also seeking commitment, consistency, reliability. Mm -hmm. We're looking for people who are going to show up for us that we're going to create foundations with that we will forge families with. And a lot of those things, while we need them as a human are not inherently sexy. So how do you find a meeting in the middle, knowing that you won't get that time back because that time was that time. So let's say you fast forward and you're five years into your relationship and it's, I, my challenge or my invitation for people would be not to try to get what you had back, but to look at where you're at now and to celebrate the fact that you've been, you've gotten this far in this relationship and relationships are not easy. There are some days where I'll talk to my girlfriends and I'm like, I would just like a, a break from the work that it takes to keep this relationship really great. Yeah. Like, can I just have like a few hours of not processing something? That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, um, just knowing all of these things and celebrating the fact that you've made it this far in your relationship. And so taking responsibility is the next piece. If you want more than what you have, it takes taking responsibility. It means filling the gaps in the sex education that if you are from anywhere close to where I'm from in the States, anywhere in the United States and a lot of places in the world, you do not get nearly enough education on your sexuality, your anatomy, physiology, and how your body functions. Um, and even throwing in as adults now, neurochemistry and things like serotonin, dopamine, your harm, hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, adrenaline, all of that factors in to when you take responsibility for where you're at and say, okay, I'm celebrating where, how far we've come. And I also, can I say the F word on your show? Yes. Okay, great. Because I have changed that word. I usually ask before I get on a podcast and I forgot this time. So I've been saying everything but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, girl. Okay, We're great. Here. So knowing all of this and looking at your partner and be like, but I still want to look at you and be like, we need to fuck now. So how do we make that happen? Well, understand that making that happen, it's going to potentially feel kind of crunchy at first where you actually have to manufacture the situations. And one of my favorite Esther Perel quotes that's really straightforward is if you want to have more sex, have sex. 
just have the sex the one time. And that opens things up a lot of times. Cause a lot of times people will say, Oh, we went through a dry spell and then we had sex every day for a week. And then it's like tapered off again. So if you want just more exciting situations, ask yourself some really deep questions. What do I want? What kind of experience do I want to have? And if you read erotic novels and you, you know, listen to whether it's my show or somebody else who educates on sexuality and you hear something that stands out, you know, how do I create this environment? Mm-hmm. And you might not go from, Hey, babe, want to try bondage to you're fully suspended in shibari up swinging in the air while, you know, he's doing all these things to you. Like you don't go from zero to a hundred that fast. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is the next step in that direction? And then you get to play a game in partnership where both parties get to create those experiences that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And it takes taking your responsibility and go, okay, let me fill in these gaps. Let me get educated, go to some workshops, take some courses or some classes, listen to the podcast, the books, and fill your life with sex. Literally mm-hmm. have sexy art on your walls, have a sexy playlist, have it, ta- have it tangible and accessible at all times. And I promise your creative energy and your imagination are going to vibe with it and new cool experiences will start to come up. Mm, Beautiful. So good. And I love that you said, um, you said, don't like stop thinking about, Oh, how can I get that back in my relationship? Like what you have, but actually like, how can I create something new Mm -hmm. and bring it back to yes. What do you want? And ladies listening, if you don't know what you want, which I know I'll probably get a lot of women saying, but I don't know what I want. Right. Um, then discover it. You know, there's so many resources as you just listed a ton. And also I want to add in there, like one thing that's worked for me is also pornography. We were just talking about that is you can find great ideas. If if you watch something and you can look at the categories, like they have categories of all of your like, mm-hmm. well, well, what is that? What are the things even called? They're listed there and you can watch and see, does that turn you on? Maybe it turns you off, whatever, but like feeling into that. Ooh, interesting. I just watched a bondage video. I kind of got turned on interesting, right? You may have not even known. So just like bringing it back to what we were talking about is that's another avenue you could go. And, you know, yes, that might be for someone who's, you know, not looked at porn before that may be, um, maybe the more uh, aggressive way to find out what it is that you want, but it works. It's worked for me. Yeah. So yeah. It's for me too. Yeah, totally. Right. And I would, I would love as well, Alexa, and, and maybe you don't have it off the top of your head and we can do it after the podcast, but I would love any, um, any resources that you found and you've looked into the source, right. That you're like, I highly recommend these. Like I've looked into the source. I don't know if you know them off the top of your head, but if not, I can get them from you after the show. Yeah. And I know just a couple off the top of my head. So Erica Lust, she has um, a few different series. Some of them look a little bit more produced and some of them are, they look a little less produced, but Erica Lust has great content. I've, I've met her in person. I've been to one of her events. I watched I watched clips from some of her newest at that time. It was her newest series that was coming out, which was called X confessions. And, um, this was what three years ago. And I was in a room in the house of yes in New York city. And I was in there with maybe a hundred other people. Of course, this was way before COVID, um, with like a hundred other people who were all watching porn together, all dressed up watching porn together. And it was so cool. Like humans are cool or fascinating what turns us on and and what moves us and 
Yeah. It's just the level of permission that exploring sexuality can bring like the level of permission. If you can ask for what you want in the bedroom, imagine what you can ask for outside of the bedroom. Yes. I want this thing from you like this. What will you do with your job? How bold and, and you know, the audacity. Yes. Oh, oh, totally. And by the way, men love that ladies listening. Men want to know what you want because they want to be able to give that to you. Yeah. That's what, that's like the natural makeup of men. So like they will love, you may think, well, I don't know if I want to tell him that, like, what will he think? Da, da, da. Most men, I would say a healthy man will very much appreciate you telling him exactly what it is that you desire yeah. and want. He'll be most times more than happy to, to give it to you. Of course, there are boundaries. And I know you have an activity mm -hmm. uh, that you do with couples, right? Where you're actually like identifying, like, I don't know what it is exactly, but your wants and your, your boundaries, right? Yeah. What is it again that you do? Yeah. So there's two, um, two things, two resources or tools that came up in you describing all of that, that I will offer. One of them is available again, free resources on my side. And then one is something that I just, I use all the time with my clients and community. And so other than, other than Erica Lust for porn, um, speaking of my community, we talk about these kinds of things all the time. And if you look up ethical porn, um, through Google or DuckDuckGo, wherever you search, um, there's a lot of write-ups from sex positive um, brands that will, that they will do the research for you. There's no reason, you know, we don't have to do any of that resource uh, research today. It's like, there's so many people that have already oh, yeah. totally. congregated the information. And um, so it's available. So if you look that up and then just check out what's your flavor, because I happen to like a little bit more of an artistic four chambers. If anybody who's like kind of artsy and edgy and moody, you might like four chambers, but then there's stuff that looks very more like traditional kind of porn, dare I say traditional. So look that up just to close the loop on your, on your ethical feel good porn options. Thank you. Um, second. And of course, like things like OnlyFans, that's big now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cindy Gallup's, um, company make love, not porn, which is real people, real bodies, real relationships doing the damn thing. So mm. that's always nice. So, um, there's always like an extra sense of like, Oh, I can get into it. If I also find out that the people having sex on screen like love each other outside of it. You know, like there's yeah. something extra to it that does it for me. I don't know if that really matters for most men, but it does it for me. Mm -hmm. So the the resources and the tools for the whole idea of like, I don't really know what I want and where do I begin with that? Mm -hmm. um, want, will, won't list. There's a downloadable PDF that I've got. Happy to give it to your audience, but basically it's a 300 and something plus question sheet that goes from kissing and graduates from kissing to biting, to sucking, to spanking, to scritching, which is the edges of something sharp on the skin or the tips of your nails. Um, and it graduates to things like mutual masturbation, threesome, orgies, because like, that that's a graduated thing. Like you have a two people, you have one person masturbating, and you've got two people, um, having sex and you have a threesome, two couples swapping or a foursome. And then once you get past a certain point, then you're like, okay, well, this is a full-blown orgy. Um, play parties, which are people who are having sex in the, in the same room, but only with their designated people. Usually there's all kinds of questions. It goes into DS. So do I want to be flogged? And then it's like, what oh, if you mean? get to, 
a flogger. So I don't know if, if people will see the video of, of what we've got, but it's hanging on the wall behind me. It is the um, leather usually, even though floggers can be made of other things, but it's, it's the leather hold, holder handle. And then it has lots of little leather strips that hang from it. And so if you have like a, let's say a flogger that has a few leather strips hanging from it, it will make like a sting on your skin. Oh, so it's like in you. Okay. I was wondering whip how you with it. got it. It's a whip. Got it. Yeah. But it's not a whip. It's a flogger, but a whip okay. usually is much longer. Um, and then a flogger that has like a lot of pieces to it creates like a thud. And so it just shakes kind of your, I would say it shakes your nervous system. Mm. So people who like impact play. So as you go from like kissing, it eventually goes to these kinds of things and into water sports and it goes way, you know, you go this way. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love this. And so you put like you, is it like a check? You check like, it. You like, okay. So it's like, uh, want like will, if your partner, you know, wants will. it and make like yeah. neutral and then like, won't, as in this is like a hard, yeah. no non-negotiable. Yes. And okay. so want is a full body. Fuck. Yes. I want that. Give it to me. A will is, I will do this if my partner wants it. A will is not, I'll try it, or I'm neither here nor there. Make it to where you will do it because your partner really wants it, but to you, it's relatively neutral. Got it. So instead of, it's not a maybe. We want to we want to avoid all the maybes because then sometimes I give that list to someone who registers will as maybe and they're there's a giant thing of maybes because they don't know. Mm -hmm. So force yourself to sit there and if you have to think about it, meditate on it, what would it look like? Read an erotic story about it, something. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in that mindset. And if it's like, oh, that's just too much, it's a won't. And won'ts are not negotiable while sex is happening. So those are ones the, Got this, it. I always tell people do your list and like, go have coffee somewhere and talk about it where it's yeah. not inherently like sexy. Oh, good. Love that. It's so important because otherwise you'll never know. You're just freaking guessing, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so that's, that's so important. I'm actually excited. I'm going to do this with Gerard. Woo! I just yeah. got really excited. Um, so I, uh, I wanted to also share, um, I wanted to share, uh, that like, with Gerard and I, um, I've been really, I wanted to share a couple of things that I've personally tapped into that I really, really love. And, and maybe ladies listening, it can be like, Oh, you know, interesting. Maybe I'll try that too. Is, um, and I know you have a test for this too, by the way, which I'm probably going to ask I, you about. That was but, my second resource. I bet, oh, what, okay. I bet it's going to go with this. So you tell your story and then I'll, <laughs> I'll make it make sense for everybody else. Okay, cool. So, um, one thing is I, and Gerard too, we discovered this just by like it popping up. So we didn't ask the questions, which we're, we're going to do now, but I love talking like literally just saying, so I just say what's happening when it's happening and emphasizing it. Right. Like I'll literally be like your big dick. And like, it feels so good. I feel all the way through. Like I, I literally am verbalizing what's happening. Right. And he loves it and he'll do it to me. And I love it. And it's just like, like, it just makes like, and it's super talk about being present. Like you're yeah. literally talking through the sensations and everything. So um, that's one thing that I really love to do. And then also um, when you were talking earlier about personality and expression, like that sex is actually a beautiful way to express those parts of us that maybe we, we wouldn't out in public with, you know, in some group or whatever that you can do with your partner is I have um, 
I do like shows for Gerard where it's like all actually, and I have named them so far. I've come up with two. So there's Sapphire and she's a part of me. And she's like the very, like, like soft, like she's lace, like blue, think like blue lace and like soft and like moves kind of slowly and like really like kind of very, um, feminine, like sensual, that kind of like vibe of me. Right. And then I have, and romantic. And then I have the other side, the other part, which is Electra. And she's my like spicy, as you can tell just by the name. And that's my dominatrix. So like I have a whip and I have, you know, latex and it's like the whole thing. And for me, that's really, it turns me on to even just get dressed up guys. Like think about that. Like just for me putting on the outfits, like that turns me on in and of itself. And it's so fun for me to be able to express it. And Gerard really enjoys it too. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. It came to me earlier when you were talking and, you know, just to kind of share vulnerably my own personal life with ladies listening right now, that's two, two ways. And I'm excited to explore more with Gerard and I'm excited to go through this, this list, Alexa, that you're, that you're giving us. So awesome. Yeah. Was that, so the, the, the test I was talking about was the one that was like, um, how you experience, uh, uh, turn on, turn on. Yes. And it was like sensual kinky, something like that. You got it. You got it. Okay. Shapeshifter, um, energetic and sensual and sexual. Yes. Got it. The erotic blueprints. The erotic blueprints. So we can erotic find that on Google and put that in the link in the show notes. Basically, I mean, basically the creator of that quiz um, is her name is Miss Jaya. And so if you look up Jaya, J A I Y A, or just look up erotic blueprint quiz and you can do that one. And so that is, that is, so then technically I have two resources for you, but that is one where it will help you talk about what turns you on. Because if you have a partner that really likes words, really likes the energy, the anticipation. They like to be teased all day. That is somebody who likes the energetics of sex. And sometimes a person who would be, I'm just giving an example here, a person who really resonates with their an energetic turn on or an energetic blueprint for their eroticism, or they like to be turned on in that way, for them to be face-to-face with someone who really gets turned on just by the act of sex itself. Like, I just need to see boobs and I'm ready to go you know, it can be kind of like, uh, such contrast and, uh, one, you know, the person who likes the anticipation can kind of shut down mm. or they can get bored with the fact that their, their person only gives them that one thing over and over again, when they are really turned on by this other thing, when, so th- that is like a whole conversation to, to talk about like the different types of turn-ons and how to have them communicate with each other better, because all of this doesn't work if you don't talk about it. Yeah. You don't get what you want if you don't have a, and a lot of times the first conversation is with yourself. You have to talk to yourself about it. You have to be like, okay, am I ready to do this thing? You know, is it, is it, and there's a difference between pushing your boundaries to a point where you're hitting trauma or pushing your boundaries because it's exciting and like it kind of makes your butthole pucker a little bit and you do it anyway. And that's awesome to push those edges. It's not awesome to push ones where you will potentially tip yourself over into this was too much. And I decided to do a thing that I'm not actually ready for. Mm. So if you think, if you heard what Ashley just said as like Electra and Sapphire and all of that, and you're just like, Oh my God, I would die. So let's just say that's 10 what is your two? And I don't know if I said this already, but I'm like, if you're, if you, where you are yeah. right now is one, then what is two for yeah. that? So, so like, maybe it's just a wig. It's one element. 
one article of clothing. Maybe it's just naming her and talking about her as if she's a friend of yours. She's not actually you. So you just talk about Sapphire. I met this girl, she's named Sapphire. She does this. She's talking with me. She's telling me that she wants to do this thing with you. I'm really into it. And your partner's like, who the fuck is Sapphire? <laughs> you know? And you're like, little does he know, Sapphire's coming over later. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and then what would be like a three or a four, you could actually bring Sapphire into your sex and talk about her as if she's in the room or she's the one that he is going to have an experience with later. Mm -hmm. And would it turn you on if this is what you do with Sapphire later? And you talk about it if, as if it's in the future or if it was in the past or if it's like she's in the room watching. And so it's not, you're not actually embodying the character yet. So it's like, how do you take little steps to the direction of I've got a blue wig and I'm decked in blue lace and I'm in the kitchen and it's got like a crotchless whatever on and I'm just floating around all feminine like and I am Sapphire. So if if that's like a really hard jump, then do a couple of baby steps. Yeah, so, so important. Yeah, so throw that out. The erotic blueprints really helps to just look into that. And then the third thing is, is that if, whether you know you are kinky or not, you are. You, and if you're like, oh no, that was such a generalized statement. She doesn't know me. I'm not kinky. Don't even say that word. I'm like, you just haven't found it yet. Yep. You have not found it yet. And that's all right. And maybe you never will. And you will live a fulfilling life that is, is so satiable to you and you will never explore your kinks. Mm -hmm. And then some of you are like, I know I'm a kinky motherfucker. And so for, for anyone who is interested at all in where to start or to know themselves deeper, there's a test called bdsmtest.org. That is like 80 questions that asks you, would you be into this or on a scale? And it's like um, one to 10 and it goes red to green and you can rank what things you'd be into and you go line by line. And it's super simple and straightforward. The site's a little dark. It, it says, what kind of sexual deviant are you? Just ignore the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> my team and I are in the process of like, how do we bring this a little more love and light to this really great resource? <laughs> so, but for now they do, they, they get the job done. But when you get to the end, it ranks things with percentages. Are you, do you like to watch people have sex consensually? Of course, everything is under the, under the understanding of consensuality. Mm -hmm. Consensuality. Yes. I'm just going <laughs> to roll with that word. I love that. <laughs> um, do you like to be the one being watched? So voyeurism, exhibitionism, do you like to be a dom? Now, dom is different than aggressor and it's also different than initiator and submissive does not mean passive. I feel like all of that, if you just want to pause and write those things down, mm -hmm. dominance is not the same as aggression and it's not the same as initiate. Submissive doesn't inherently mean passive, roll over and let things happen. So those are usually like the, the base level, what people are interested in is like who's in control or who has the power. And let me just let you in on a little secret. The submissive has all of the control and all of the power. Mm. So common misconceptions, it doesn't look that way, but in properly constructed, healthy DS kinds of relationships, the submissive has all of the power. Um, they are consenting to be taken on a ride. The Dom is consenting to take them on the journey. And so I love talking DS, especially with people that are kind of weirded out by it and don't know what to like, don't really know what it's about. Um, you can probably even tell in like my 
intonation with my voice started to change as I started to talk about DS. I'm like, it is very juicy. And I believe it can benefit so many relationships. So if they start playing in those archetypes, it can benefit so many relationships, especially with the excitement. You add a little sapphire in the mix and it's just next fucking level. Mm, so um, I love this. DSMtest.org, you get these percentages. Maybe you want to do mommy daddy play, which is also really edgy, but a lot of fun. And, you know, pets, maybe you want to be a sadist or masochist, which DS doesn't mean there's pain. Sometimes DS, dom sub, means it's all mental, means it's all posturing means it's all the energetics. Some people like to be spanked, to be flogged, to be caned, to have impact. They're not, they don't all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's all a matter of like, what are you into? Yep. So this thing will percentage it out. And then if you click each one of the um, results, it will tell you what that thing means. Super beneficial when you're like, wow just getting started. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Oh, I love this. This is so exciting and juicy and all the things. I know. I know. I know. I'm so excited. I'm (laughs) never bored. I know. I bet. I'm never bored. So awesome. Okay. So we, I mean, first off, I know we're already at, we're at the end of the podcast now. I'm like, geez, I could just talk to Alexa forever. And this is awesome and so much fun. Um, so thank you for sharing and all that, all those resources and like tools and all the things. So I'm just like, I'm just very excited for our listeners as well. So thank you, Alexa. I normally ask, um, a question at the end of the show to every female on fire, but if you've got to go, we can just X nay on the X nay. It's up to you. (laughs) I would love to round it out with what you normally, nope, I don't have, I don't have anything but a meeting with my EA after this and she can, she's waiting for me. So. Okay. Oh, okay. good. Well, well, it can be, you know what? I, I kind of feel like I, I may know what you might say to this, but it can be just short and sweet, your answer. So Great. on your journey, Alexa, what is something that you used to like hide or dim or mute, or even maybe shame about yourself, about you? that you have since reactivated and reignited on your journey to becoming the female on fire that you are today. (laughs) Okay. So I'm glad I I opted in for the question. That's great. (laughs) I love that. Cause I I don't know if you said that beforehand and something, and I didn't read it because it's cool. It's going to come off the cuff instead of something that I've thought about. Um, So do you follow human design by any chance? I'm getting into it. Just getting into I'm it. I'm a noob. Yeah. You know what your profile type is? Yes. I'm a generator, pure generator. generator. Mm-hmm. Okay. My EA is a generator, my operations manager, and I love her. I have, I, we bounce back and forth. I oftentimes tell her I have the vision. I can't make any of it happen unless I have you to help me with the pieces and parts. So I am a manifester in human design. And since learning about my profile type, <clears throat> I've just been a lot more graceful and easeful with myself and not trying to make myself into something that to my core, I'm simply not. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've also been really celebrating the things that, that make me different. And since entering community and a lot and having really, really solid female friendships, that was a game changer for me. 
um, moving to Austin and making the friends that I have, we celebrate each other's differences so much. And we all chat human design and try to celebrate how we operate. Of course, it doesn't mean pass responsibility on a quiz or whatever. We all are humans and take responsibility and all that. So just my disclaimer there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a 6'2 in human design, which is a role model hermit. So I love, I'm oftentimes in a teacher role. I'm oftentimes the one that has the information, tells stories, oftentimes leading. I won't even try. I'm all of a sudden leading a whole group, the whole group. I'm the one that's navigating us or doing whatever. And for the longest time, I thought that the parts of me that wanted to be alone I needed to fight them because I was so good being the leader and running the show that that was really how I was supposed to be all the time. So since understanding my HD and knowing what those numbers mean and all of that. And so if you're interested, of course, it's also Googleable. Yeah. But my two is hermit. And that's the unconscious part that I'm really fulfilled and fueled when I have alone time. And so um, those have been things to, to come to terms with. It's like when I have my space, I can be that much more potent when I'm out in the world. But if I don't fill that cup, it's really difficult. And then the other mm. couple things are I'm bold, ferocious, fiery, moody as well, and deep. And sometimes I go a little dark, not in a like depressive way, but you can come to me with any fucking thing. And I used to try to make it be all light and love. And I've realized that the more I just lean into the depth and the yes. bold and the moodiness, the yeah. more I attract to me. And I, I feel like I just, I have permission. I can live through someone like you that has your inherent uniqueness, your intrinsic value as a human, as a woman. I can look at you and instead of competition go, what of life can I live through being in connection with you that is just not natural? and doesn't feel good necessarily for me. So it, since then, I'm just drawn to other women, which was never my thing before. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. you are fascinating and you radiate and I get to, I get to be airy fairy if you are, cause I'm not, or I get to like, you know, dream or dance or whatever. And so I stopped trying to make myself things that I'm not and instead celebrate the people I attract into my life. And then the totality of our experience is the full range of human emotion and experience. And that was really deep mm. and kind of meta. And that's my answer. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. The, you've yeah. actually inspired me to go deeper in my human design. I actually think I might be a four and a two. So I really relate to, um, I really relate to the hermit thing because that for me, it's funny, Gerard and I are so opposites this way um, because he actually like, he can be around people all the time and he's good. Like he can live in a house full of people. Yeah, 24 seven. Me, I'm like, no, 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 no. I need the house to be empty for like two weeks. (laughs) Like I need like, you know, but like I, 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 for me, it's, I just, I don't, I, I can't really describe it other than what you said is like, I, I get my energy back when I have that alone time, when I have that hermit time. So I totally relate to you sister on that one. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Jordan is yeah. the same. My oh, partner, yeah. he's like a ray of fucking sunshine. He loves people. He is the opposite to everything I just listed in myself. <laughs> and it's actually our relationship coach who her name is Annie Lala. Mm-hmm. Um, we love her so much. She's the one that helped us start to see these things this way. 
that instead of me trying to make you more like me, I just yes. realized that I get to experience more of life with you and through you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and creating like, what does union look like? I don't know if you guys have done your human designs together and like had the union you did powerful, mm-hmm. right? Cause then you see like, okay, there's the two entities, you and him. And then there's that third entity, the union of both of you. And then you're like, like, whoa, you know, Gerard and I were taking like all these notes. It was just so powerful and how we can create the, the most sacred, most beautiful union and synergies with each other and, and knowing how he is and how I am, you know, it's just such a, that's why this work is so powerful, man. Like, you know, it's what you even just talked about you learning your human design and how much that did for you like on the next level of your self-acceptance, because like when we fight against ourselves, that's a, that's a lose-lose battle, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a lose-lose battle. So I, I love that. That's such a great answer. And one that I haven't gotten yet. So, yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, your sex and your love, it can be so much bigger and broader whenever you commit to whatever the path is, like whatever the journey is. And so I know that saying human design and all that isn't inherently like sex oriented, but me learning how to accept myself in deeper ways and giving myself permission to learn more of who I am. And also my partner has helped our sex life expand in ways that it would have never expanded. So, and that's my, my personal experience. So totally it all ties together. It totally does. And thank you so much for sharing, Alexa. It's been so fun talking to you. I had a feeling I knew it. And I'm like, just, I'm excited. I'm excited for all the listeners to take everything you just shared, to implement, to practice, to learn and grow. So thank you, Alexa, for giving of your time and your energy and coming on the show today. I so appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it was a lot of fun. All right. See you on the next episode, ladies. Make it a powerful day. If this episode spoke to you, and especially if you are a driven, ambitious woman who is ready to dive deep so you can rise up to the next level and become truly unstoppable against any and all obstacles in your way, go to femaleonfire.net now. It is time to reignite that spark inside of you so you can radiate it out those parts of you that have been lying dormant, that you've been hiding, muting, shaming. It's time to reignite that flame inside of you so you are lit up from the inside out, irresistible, magnetic, in command of every room and every situation, and no one ever, ever forgets your name. Go to www.femaleonfire.net. That's femaleonfire.net or click the link in the show notes to learn more. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram that says FOF for female on fire now. And as always, thank you so much for listening and especially for rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. You're amazing. I love you. Have a powerful day.